Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Support for this podcast is provided by Subtruck Law. Revolution Recap thanks Subtruck Law for their support of our show local independent media, and their mission of bringing unbiased truth. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Revolution Recap. We have another midweek interview for you this week. Seth McComer uh, interviewed Danny Higginbottom of Apple TV. Very good interview for you coming up. But first, I wanted to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline is your number one source for all of your championship finals, info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for this year's NBA and Stanley Cup finals, which, by the way... I really like the Denver Nuggets, and I really like the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Personally, I think Nuggets in five is a, a lock, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, Bet Online is your sports intel headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all of your insider sports wagering needs, from basketball and hockey to Major League Baseball, UFC and boxing, and of course, Major League Soccer. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games, available to play right from your home. So get into the action today, head to the website, or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use our promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to receive your 50 percent bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts and also before we get to seth mccomber's interview with danny higginbottom i do have some news and notes to go over highlighted most by the signing of peyton miller you might not know who peyton miller is probably because he's 15, uh, but if you follow the Academy, if you follow Revs 2, you might be familiar with that name. He's 15, 15 and a half, basically, and he, the New England Revolution signed him to a first-team contract starting next year. He's going to stay with Revs 2 for 2023, but he signed a first-team contract beginning in 2024. It's a four-year contract, so 2024, 2025, 2026, and 2027 with a one-year option for 2028. I think if all goes well, maybe he's not going to be here for that 2028 option. Uh, he's a very highly regarded prospect. He's been called up to the United States Youth National Team four times uh, with the U15s, U16s, U17s. Uh, he was involved in a U17 training camp earlier this year. Um, a lot of hype surrounding him. Connecticut native. Uh, he's also the youngest player to make his Revolution 2 debut. He made his debut a few months ago. He has 12 appearances with Revs 2. Uh, he has two assists. Uh, he's also the youngest player to ever sign a, sign a first team contract. He beat Diego Fagundes, although I believe Diego Fagundes is kicked in right away, whereas Peyton Miller will have to wait a few months before joining the first team. So this is a very, very interesting move, a very, very big move. Uh, I, I'm curious if Peyton was getting interest internationally uh, from his call up with the United States national team and if he was making waves that way uh, and the Revs wanted to lock him in real quick. Uh, Frank Lapp actually broke this news before it was made official and there were some very, very interesting quotes in Frank Lapp's article in the Boston Globe. Kurt Anolfo told Frank Lapp, I quote, 
He's pushed up the timeline. Uh, we put him in this environment, and he just thrived. Uh, and Cardinalfo also said next year he'll be a first-team player, positioning himself to get some minutes probably the following year. So, again, first-team player in 2024, positioning himself to get some minutes probably the following year, meaning 2025. Uh, I find that very, very interesting because if you listen to our salary data discussion last week, which, by the way, a lot of great feedback. I really appreciate everyone who reached out uh, and enjoyed that episode. If you like roster rules, if you like salaries, if you want to hear a discussion about that, uh, go back in our feed to last week, half an hour. There's a lot of numbers, but a lot of people gave really, really great feedback. I appreciate everyone who reached out and shared it on social media. But anyway, if you didn't listen, uh, I talked about a lot of contracts are up in 2024, a lot of team options in 2025, and a lot of decisions about the core of this team, and included in that is Dewan Jones. Uh, and Dewan Jones, obviously, a lot of European interest over the years. Does he move on? Uh, and that timeline of Dewan Jones having a 2025 option, it's very interesting timing that this left back prospect uh, has been signed kind of long term. So it's going to be interesting to see what that means for Dewan Jones. Interesting what it says for Brandon Bayek because Dewan Jones could move over to the right. Again, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves because Peyton Miller is 15. Is he going to be ready for the starting job at 17? Who knows? I, I think that's a, a lot to ask of a kid, but it seems like he is blowing it out of the water in terms of his progress. Uh, he has two assists with Revs 2. He's primarily played left back uh, for Revs 2, but certainly had some time playing midfield, playing forward for the academy, moving him all around. Uh, but it seems like with his time with the United States national team and with Revs 2, he's a left back. So look for him in 2024 to get some appearances at the age of 16 uh, for the New England Revolution and see how he develops because this is going to be a prospect we're going to want to keep an eye on. And I don't anticipate him having any effect in 2024, and he's not going to be playing for the Revs in 2023. I think there's some confusion about that uh, online that um, with the lack of depth at the outside back position right now that he might be able to help right away. Uh, that's not the case. Uh, he'll be joining in 2024 uh, and According to Kurt Analfo, we could see him getting some minutes in 2025, and it's interesting to see how that's going to impact DeWan Jones, Brandon By, and that roster in the summer of 2024, in the winter of 2024 into 2025. There will be some decisions made, and it's going to be interesting to see how that uh, position unfolds. I did get a comment from uh, Traeger Durati, uh, who wanted to know how this impacts the supplemental roster. And real quick, him and Santiago Suarez, who's another Revs 2 player, they're going to be joining the first team in 2024. That's already been decided. They've signed contracts to join the team in 2024. Looking at the supplemental roster right now, you have Ben Sweat. I can't imagine he's going to be with the team in 2024. So you can kind of cross him off. But you have Ema, you have Esmir, you have Jack P, uh, you have Noel Buck, you have Jacob Jackson. Those are five players. I think you anticipate them being there. Joshua Bulma is a question mark. He, he's not even starting for, for Revs 2 in some games. I'm really curious to see what happens with him. It doesn't seem like him being a right back is working out. I wonder if they try to develop him as a central midfielder or a winger and they kind of move on, uh, but they extend his contract for a second year and, and kind of take a second shot with that. But uh, a, a long way to go with Joshua Bulma. So, but I'm going to still put a question mark next to him. And I'm going to put a question mark next to Damian Rivera and Justin Renix, who both had options exercised last year. You have to assume they either have a contract running out or they have a team option going into next year. And it's not clear exactly where they stand with the team. So there's really only five or six players that are on. On these nine, the nine spots right now that are filled, uh, Ben Sweat, Joshua Bulma, Damian Rivera, Justin Renix, I think are all question marks going into next year. Ben Sweat, I think we can kind of throw out. So uh, that leaves Ema, Esmir, Jack B, Nolbuck, uh, and Jacob Jackson. So that's five. Even if you extend Joshua Bulma, that gives you six. Uh, Santiago Suarez is going up. Peyton Miller is going up. Uh, Maciel might stay. 
that's going to be a question mark to see how he returns from injury. So he's going to be a question mark. And then you have Ben Ravino and Ryan Spalding. I, I do not picture Ben Ravino staying just at his age uh, and the fact that I don't think he's really doing very well with Birmingham. He seems to be in and out of the lineup. I could see them moving on from Ben Ravino or maybe uh, offering to let him stay, but with Revs too. Uh, Ryan Spalding is killing it with Tampa Bay right now. Uh, he's made it on to, I believe he was in the running for player of the month for the USL championship. But either way, I know he scored a brace. Uh, he's received some player of the week honors. Uh, he's doing very, very well at Tampa Bay. It's going to be interesting if they keep Ryan Spaulding as the backup next year. Uh, and they kind of have two backup left backs there. Uh, and Peyton Miller can kind of be just kind of there for depth. And Ryan Spaulding is the de facto left back. Or if Ryan Spaulding sees Peyton Miller behind him and Dewan Jones in front of him, maybe the Revs and Ryan Spaulding decide that, uh, you know, he's best to go back out online on loan, or maybe he's a trade candidate uh, in the off season because he turns some heads in, in Tampa Bay. That's going to be an interesting situation to see play out. So, but e- either way, Peyton Miller, Santiago Suarez are going to get onto the supplemental roster in some way, and there should be one or two spots left over for a super draft pick or another academy prospect if they want to go that way. Some other Revs news and notes to get you ready for this weekend's game against Orlando. Uh, Brandon By and Noel Buck are off of the injury list, so expect to see them, I would assume, at least available off the bench, potentially in the starting lineup. Uh, very exciting to see those names no longer on the injury list because, boy, they need them. Uh, however, there is going to be some players missing. Damian Rivera remains out on international duty uh, with Costa Rica. Christian McCoon called up to Venezuela. And Georgi Petrovic, that is the big one, uh, he is off on international duty as well. So the goalkeeper position is going to be interesting. Either Earl Edwards Jr. or Jacob Jackson will be in between the sticks this weekend. I'm hoping it's going to be Jacob Jackson. I'm not sure what Earl Edwards Jr.'s future with the team is uh, with the Revolution. I know it's his second year. I know he's a fine backup. But Jacob Jackson, the former first-round super draft pick from, I believe it was before the 2022 season. Obviously, he's recovered from ACL surgery, that uh, his torn ACL. That, that has kind of set him back a little bit. I think it'd be nice to see what Jacob Jackson can do with the first team, uh, how he plays. Hopefully. Uh, we'll see a Jacob Jackson debut this weekend and we learn a little bit more about him but either way no Georgie Petrovic so uh, hold your breath on defense Uh, some other news here Tommy McNamara will not be available this weekend he is still ruled out however Bruce Arena said post game on Saturday that he is returning uh, to practice so Keep an eye out on some Tommy McNamara updates, and we might be seeing him uh, return to the lineup soon. Uh, Nacho Heel is still no progress on him. Seems like he's still away from the field. Uh, Bruce did not get specifics on that, but said he is not close to returning. And then one more note, Dewan Jones called up to the Gold Cup, so there is a lack of depth at the outside back, continuing even with the return of Brandon Bay uh, in the near future. But congratulations to Dewan to Jones. It'll be great to see some representation from the New England Revolution at the Gold Cup uh, between Dewan Jones and, of course, old friend Matt Turner. And before I kick it over to Seth McComer with his interview with Danny Higginbottom, I just wanted to say if you are not subscribed already on iTunes or on Spotify, please make sure you subscribe. Please make sure you leave a review uh, wherever you are listening. And also thank you to Glasso Kits. Go to GlassoKits.com and save 15% off your order by using promo code REVSRECAP. And also thank you to our sponsor, Bet Online. You can use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, and get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Seth Makeover from the Blazing Musket, happy to be joined by another MLS personality, Danny Higginbottom. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm great. Great. I can't believe that we are, you know, so deep into the season already, or already halfway there. And it's just, it's gone in the blink of an eye. But it's been great, uh, been great to cover, getting to know different teams, getting to travel to different stadiums as well. So I'm loving every minute of it. 
Yeah, and great, to, perfect word to describe what's going on right now because there's so much happening both on and off the field. I'm not sure you heard, but Lionel Messi might come to Major League Soccer. It's a little scoop that I'm putting out there for the fans if you have not heard. My mom even knows about it. It's a big deal. Uh, but first, I want to talk about the New England Revolution because you're coming to Foxborough this weekend, and we're almost uh, a little bit past the halfway point. And this Revolution team, we're not really sure what to think of them. Really hot start. Lots of injuries, kind of on the rebound right now. What do you think about the New England Revolution? I think what you just said there, then, I think the injuries obviously have had have, have had a big effect. You know, more often than not, teams that have success, it's built with a strong back line, whether that be a back three, whether that be a back four. And the way that obviously the injuries have, have affected you, it's led to a change of system, you know, and, and certain players having to play out of position. So it's going to have that effect. But I think when you look at this weekend coming up, you know, you, you're hopefully going to get the likes of buyback, the likes of book back. Obviously, Kessler is, you know, he's been, he's been a big miss for you as well. So you would look at it and think, things are just going to get better now because players are starting to get back fit. And then it's probably a situation where you can go to the system that's really suited you as well over recent times. Yeah, you mentioned that we're getting players healthy. We have Brandon Bay on the, 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 the return as well as Noel Bach. But you're going to be losing Georgie Petrovic this weekend. How big of an absence will he be? It's it's a big absence because obviously he's now classed as one of the best goalkeepers in in MLS, and I think the fact probably the biggest compliment that I can that I can give him is that nobody's really been too concerned about Turner leaving since Petrovic came in. I think everybody knew about Petrovic when Turner was still there. I certainly covered the team. I think it was just before Turner may have been leaving, and Petrovic played a couple of games. But yeah, he's he's been absolutely outstanding and. Not just the fact of him as a goalkeeper, you know, he played every single MLS game this season. You build an understanding with your defence. And that, for me, is is huge. Now, the likelihood is it's probably going to be Edwards that's going to, going to come into the team now. Obviously, experienced MLS player. And I think safe hands for, for the game that, that Petrovic is going to be out for. So I don't see that being a huge issue. But yeah, there, there's no question about it. He's, he's one of the best players in, in MLS, no doubt. Absolutely. You mentioned Matt Turner, obviously a great goalkeeper. Now with Arsenal playing for the U.S. men's national team. We have Georgi Petrovic with the Serbian national team right now. The big debate's right there. If you're starting a team, do you take Matt Turner or do you take Georgi Petrovic? Oh, that is, that's a, that's a huge call. The one thing I would probably say, which is going to save me, is that they're both fantastic goalkeepers, but... I haven't seen enough of them recently to uh, to give you an answer to that one. So I'm just going to sit on the fence. Sure. And I remember talking to Matt Turner uh, when he was departing from the New England Revolution. Mm. And what he mentioned is that Georgi Petrovic is making these stops at a younger age than he was. And that's a big thing to kind of look at it. Matt Turner came on a little bit later, but obviously very, very good. I'm looking forward to seeing him at the MLS All-Star game. Do you think we see Matt Turner versus Georgi Petrovic? Is Georgi Petrovic an MLS All-Star in your mind? I think I think that he is. I think that he is. I think the reputation that he's that he's got now. I think the age that he's at, and I think one thing we we can't forget here as well is Kevin Hitchcock. You know, the goalkeeping coach. He's been absolutely outstanding. You know, I think he brought Turner on no end. I think he's doing. I think he's doing the same now as well. So with with Petrovic, so he needs a lot of credit as well. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see both of the goalkeepers that you've just mentioned in uh, in either goal. That's for sure. 
Absolutely. The summer also means a summer transfer window. And you mentioned a lot of injuries, Dylan Barrero being the chief amongst them. Uh, we have Henry Kessler, who's recently come off his crutches and is making his way back. But obviously, he's going to take some time to get up to full speed. If you're Bruce Arena, if you're the coaching staff, what do you bring in this summer? What do they need to add to be back to that elite status and challenging for that MLS Cup? I think when you when you look at any team that wants to go and challenge, a lot of the time it is a goal scorer. Um, you know, and I think when you've got a player like Heal, who, you know, is one of the best players in MLS, he's just he's an absolute joy to watch. If you then bring in a centre forward of a, a high caliber centre forward, you know, that that can work really well with Heal, then you know, I think I think the job's a good one, so to speak. But that's that you could probably say the same about a number of teams in MLS, just missing that, you know, that consistent goal scorer that's going to get you, you know, multiple goals in certain games, going to be that match winner just when you need it. Um, but I think the biggest thing is for, for New England is you're starting to get players back fit now. And I think that's the most important thing because when, you, when you've missed big players, when they come back, they actually feel like new signings. And I think that that can give everybody a lift within the squad. Yeah, absolutely. I know for me, when I look at the New England Revolution, they're missing an aerial threat. For a team that likes to send in a lot of crosses, and admittedly mm -hmm. some of those are low crosses, you need someone who can rise above and put that ball into the back of the net. And it wasn't until a few weeks ago when Bobby uh, Wood scored with his head that they actually had someone to score a header. And to go so many games in the season and miss that is, is a little troubling, in my opinion. You need that aerial threat to, to kind of do things. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I think also when you look at a team like New England, a lot of the times they're, they're going to... The, the best way to possibly put it is that teams respect them. Teams respect them. So when teams to come, come to New England, they're going to want to counter-attack. That's the way that teams want to play. So they'll set themselves up. But in order for you to play counter-attack in football as the away team, you drop deep. Now, the deeper you drop, the more narrow you become. So therefore, the spaces are going to be in the wide areas. So when you're looking at the likes of By, when you're looking at the likes of Jones getting down the sides of the pitch, because that's where the spaces will be, that's what you're talking about there. When you're putting crosses into the box, if you've got somebody, if you've got that focal point that you know is going to be a real threat when crosses are coming into the box, then it becomes more difficult because then all of a sudden the opposition is saying, yeah, we want to drop deep and narrow because that's the way we want to defend so we can potentially play on a counter-attack. But we've also got to try and cover the width. And then you have a different array and different amount of options to put the ball into the back of the net. Danny, you played, uh, obviously, in Europe, had a very good playing career. The Revolution have some players that could one day play in Europe. Uh, Georgie Petrick being one of them, Noel Buck being one of them, Dewan Jones being someone who has expressed that interest. When you look at those three players, do you think any of them make the jump over to Europe at some point? Do you think all of them? What do you think of those three players and their possibilities of playing in Europe? I think straight away, I think Petrovic is is one that stands out for me. And, you know, people may say that it's early, but I'd also say Buck as well, because he he is a player, when, when he's playing, you forget that he's just turned 18 years of age. He plays with an incredible amount of experience. And he's sort of what I would call a throwback, which is a midfielder that can do everything. You know, he's not just a defensive midfielder. He can get the ball. He can drive forward as well. For him to look as he does, playing amongst seasoned professionals week in, week out, I definitely think that he is 100% the player to keep an eye on as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to hit you with some questions here, some quick hitter questions. At the beginning of the season, I asked Lori Lindsay these questions. We've obviously got to see the revolution a little bit more. Obviously a new voice. So I'm curious to see mm. exactly where you put these as the season goes on. So keep in mind with these questions, I'm asking you to predict 
who's going to hold these titles at the end of the mm. year? So not right now, but at the end of the year. Let's start off with Defender of the Year, the back line. Who will be the Revolution's Defender of the Year? I'm going to say Romney. I think the way that he's come in from, from Nashville, the relationship that he had with Kessler before Kessler got injured, he's just such a, a calming influence. You know, I think he brought on Zimmerman loads at Nashville as well, and I think he's he's been he's been outstanding. You know, from from a defensive side of things, especially when you know that there are injuries within the team, he's had different partners, he's played in different systems. So I think he's been a very very good signing. So we're talking about defender of the year. We're not including goalkeepers in that, obviously. Correct, correct. Um, so yeah, so I'll go with Romney. So let's go up top now. Very likely up top. It could come from anywhere. Could be Romney who wins goalkeeper, uh, the golden boot for the, the New England Revolution. Mm. But probably someone that could be further up the field. Who do you think will be the Revolution's golden boot winner? I still think it will be Heal. I know, obviously, I don't think he's top goal scorer uh, at the moment. But the fact that he's such an intelligent player is the, the fact that he takes penalties as well. I think it's difficult to look much further than him. He's just... He's a player that is he's just an absolute joy to watch. I love watching him. And you, you try and think of because, you know, when I was covering Philadelphia Union, obviously I saw him firsthand a few times for New England. But even at that point, I was running out of words to describe him. He's just such a wonderful player. And, you know, I like him not just on the ball, but off the ball as well. You know, the, the, the work ethic that he has, he's just a special talent. So I'm going to go with him. Let's talk MVP. Uh, it sounds like you really enjoy seeing Carlos Heel. Do you think that Carlos Heel will be the Revolution's MVP? If you're New England, you want him to be MVP. You don't want Petrovic to be your MVP because it means he's being overworked. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with I'm going to stick with Heel. I just think he's such a talented player, and he's one of these players that can create something from nothing and can make not a great performance become three points. So yeah, I'm going to stick with Heel. And what's the biggest surprise player, the breakout player for this year for the New England Revolution? I've already mentioned it, Buck. I think that he's, you know, just to go back on what I said previously, 18 years of age and only just turned 18 as well. It looks as though he's played 250 games. The way that he that, that he plays within the team, the fact that he's not a defensive midfielder, he's not a an attacking midfielder, he can do everything. And I think, you know, he, he has he has so much ability. He's only going to get better and better as, as time goes on as well. So without question. All right, let's talk about it. I'm sure plenty of people are talking about Lionel Messi to you. I'm sure plenty of people mm. are hitting you up for potential tickets to so <laughs> see Lionel Messi in person. Obviously, this is huge for Major League Soccer. Obviously, this is huge for soccer in the United States. But for the New England Revolution, one of their foes, their Eastern Conference foes, just got better. So you tell me, should New England Revolution fans be excited about Lionel Messi? And if so, why? I think you I think you have to be excited. Obviously, an opposition team is, is going to get stronger. It's going to get stronger. You know, the, the best player in the world, arguably the greatest ever player um, to play the game. But I think you also have to look at it another way, which is that this, you know, if, if Messi does come to, to MLS, the growth of the league is just going to be incredible. I think what a player like him does, I think that attracts other players now that will now start saying, oh, you know what? I want to go over to MLS. So all of a sudden, I think it, it increases the competition. I think if you're an opposition player, you want to play against him. Don't get me wrong. You're going to be a little bit concerned that he could twist you up in knots. But I think 
sports people, no matter what sport you're in, you want to test yourself against the greatest players. And there's none greater than Messi. So I think, yes, he's going to, it looks like he's going to Inter Miami. But I don't think the opposition teams will go, oh, this is going to make them stronger. I think this is just an unbelievable uh, time for, for MLS, for everything that, that's, that's going on, the way things are going forward. It's just absolutely magnificent if this eventually goes through. Yeah, and I think what's interesting, I wrote an article about this on the Blazing Musket, is that all these eyes, all these new media attention that comes to the league, it's an opportunity for teams. It's an opportunity for the New England Revolution, whether he plays at Gillette Stadium or not, we can talk about that a little bit, mm. there's going to be a big crowd. You know, I had people that showed up this past weekend, even though it was clearly advertised that he will not be at Gillette Stadium, that he has not even signed with the league yet, but they showed up because of the possibility that Messi could be there, you know? And if they go to that stadium and they fall in love with a Georgie Petrovich, a Carlos Heel who put on a show this past weekend, well, now you're, you know, converting some of those fans. So I'm with you that, like, obviously a team has just gotten better, but this is an opportunity to potentially, you know, show things and really build a bigger fan base. Um, with that, there's also a possibility, like you mentioned, of new players coming over mm. and that could lead to potentially rule changes within major league soccer. You know, you're hearing these big names that want to come over now and obviously Jordan Miami, but maybe other teams as well. In your minds, when you look at the rules, the roster rules of major league soccer, what needs to change? Is it about, you know, more DPs? Is it about TAM? Yeah. Is it about giving rid of stuff? What do you do if you're Don Garber and, and you're making those decisions? It's, I think you look at the situation and obviously at the moment, the, 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 the situation with the DPs and things like that, I think one of the things that you potentially could look at is say, okay, can we up that? But I think what you also want to do, and one of the great things about MLS is that you have this competitive nature where you know teams are it, it, teams are always able to compete now one of the things you can say is like i say if you free that up and say right okay maybe now you can have more dps then all of a sudden you know it opens up different avenues for plays that could potentially come over but i think it's interesting times ahead to see what does happen is in terms of the rules if anything does change um the one thing the one thing i would say as well though, just going back to our previous previously what we were saying I think this has a huge effect on the young players coming through in MLS. I really do, because I've been here now for, this is my third season covering MLS. And one of the things that like I try and explain to my friends back home is the amount of quality young players that are coming through in MLS now. You know, we've, we've, seen, we've seen players go to Europe, we've seen players go to the Premier League that not long ago were playing in, in MLS. We've seen teams that are now, that are now, bringing younger players through, bringing them through the academy, then they're playing in the first team. All of a sudden, there's more eyes then, again, of like, oh, does this young player to keep your eye on? Okay, well, let's 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 have a look at him. So I think it, it raises the interest, and I just think that it raises everything about MLS unbelievably. It puts more eyes on the games because all of a sudden it's like, okay, yeah, you've got potentially got Messi coming over to into Miami. Well, somebody could be looking and going, Let's see what their next opponent is. Let's see who they played last week. Let's see what the score was like. Let's watch that game. And then all of a sudden, there could be a young player that stands out where you're like, wow, I'm going to keep my eye on him. And it's something that I love to see. I love to see young players advancing through academies and then making a name for themselves and just going from strength to strength. 
Yeah, that's a really good point, because if you think about the New England Revolution, uh, part of the reason why they were able to bring in some young players like a Georgie Petrovich is because they gain a reputation of developing guys and selling them on. You know, so mm. if, if all of a sudden these if a Noah Buck gets sold off and a player is trying to decide, am I going to stay at the Boston Bolts Academy or am I going to go to the New England Revolution Academy? Or what we're seeing more and more now are those residency homes that players are coming yeah. from. You know, California, they're coming from, I mean, Eshmere comes from Wisconsin and they go and move in and they start to believe in that system. And I wrote an article about how much the culture has changed. And Kern basically what he said is that when we took over, and this isn't a knock on the previous academy system, mm. it's just the evolution of it, but we weren't getting the best players. So we weren't getting the best players in New England, but if all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're selling a player to Tottenham or you're allowing them to trade it to Tottenham or something like that, mm. they're going to go ahead and join that academy. I do want to go back to Messi, but uh, I'm interested mm. now that you brought this up and thinking about your own playing career. Um, one player that that the Revolution have that really hasn't come good so far is Giacomo Veroni. And I look at Giacomo Veroni as a striker, and he does some good things. Uh, not much of a hold-up striker, more of the yeah. ability to run towards net. You've watched some games from Giacomo Veroni. What do you think of him? Is he going to become good or or do the revolution, like you said earlier, need to rely on someone else? Yeah, it's 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 a difficult one because, you know, I think he, he there was a stage when he got three and three. Um in three and three games. He seems to have a good a good understanding with with heel. Um, but like you've said, he's not he's not necessarily a focal point. You know, he's he's a player that's very good link up. I think he's got a wonderful first touch. But it's all about then what the manager wants. Do you want to have the ability where if teams are going to come and press you, you can go over that press to a more focal player, more focal type player, you know, that that physical aspect. Now, because one of the things you've got, you've got Bo who's playing, he wants to have this this freedom. He's got a really good understanding of Hill. So when you have players that want to have the freedom, for me, when you watch Hill and you watch Bo, they link up exceptionally well together. They're exceptionally well, but neither of them are the play that's going to stay through the middle. So you want to have that point of reference, so to speak, where you can say, right, okay, things are a little bit crowded here. Where can we go? We're being we're being pressed a little bit. Teams are pressing high against us. Okay, well, you know what? We can go a little bit more direct. We can go a bit more over the press to a wood, and then you've got the likes of Bo and Hill playing off them. When you when you then mix that up and you take that focal point, so to speak, out of the team, it can be then more difficult to play more than one way. So that's the way that that's the way that I would potentially look at it. And I'm trying to look at it from a manager's side of things. You want to have more options. Now, don't get me wrong, he's come off the bench having an effect. But I think if you're trying to win the game at times when you have that start in 11, you want to look at it and think, right, can we score different types of goals? And I think when you have someone like Wood in the team, he gives you, I'm not saying the the absolute ability to do that, but it gives you the potential to be able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. It would have been very good. All right, let's go back to Lionel Messi here and let's keep, finish you up with some rapid fire questions. Just like okay. the one before, you can go, you know, give as long, long of an answer as you want. Give a short answer. doesn't matter to me, but it's all going to be about Lionel Messi this time. Let's start off with the big question, the hot debate. Is Lionel Messi the best player that we've ever seen on the soccer field? Oh, I, I put him and Maradona. Maradona, I used to love 
watching Maradona. Sensational. And it's difficult for me to go back to Pele. Don't get me wrong. I've seen like all the clips, the videos and everything like that. But Maradona, I remember the 86 World Cup and it was, you know, the, the hand of God against against my country, against England. But then the other goal that he scored in that one. So it's so difficult for me to separate those two. Um, you know what? I will just edge with Messi. I like it. Just. Uh, when you look at the impact on Major League Soccer, David Beckham obviously started this whole thing. The Beckham rule becomes the DP rule. Which one is going to have a greater overall impact when it's all said and done? David Beckham or Messi? I think when you look at where the world is now, I think Messi. You know, David Beckham was, you know, an incredible footballer, world-class footballer. You know, one near enough everything there was to win in the game. But I think where the world is now is in terms of social media, as in terms of everything else, I think that that just, that inflates everything. I think the fact of MLS now is there for everybody to watch. It's not just in America. So I think that that adds, that adds to it as well. So I'm going to go with Messi. Lots of names being thrown around right now. If you were to bring in another big name from anywhere around the country besides Messi, give me one big name to come to MLS. Any anybody? Are we trying to? Are we being realistic? Anyone? Ooh. Anyone? Anyone? Right. You're gonna have to give me. You're gonna have to give me a little while here. I'm trying to look at. If you look at, if you're looking at anybody, and it's just like anybody you want to bring over right now. You probably you wouldn't look much further than a Haaland or an Mbappe, would you? You wouldn't. You wouldn't look like you wouldn't look further than than those two at the moment. And you know, hopefully, hopefully one day they'll play in MLS. And I'm no, you know, I'm sure it's not going to be for a while yet. But but the fact that you've got a player like Messi coming over here, players are now going to start looking more and be going, yeah, you know what? I want a bit of that. I want to be involved in this process of the league. Growing unbelievably. Do you have a realistic uh, player in mind? There's obviously so many players. Yeah. Player? Oh. You know who I think would be a really interesting one to see because he was just a joy to watch for so long. I love Busquets. And I know there's been talk of Busquets coming over here, but it was like he was just so incredible in an incredible Barcelona team. I don't think he got the credit that, that he deserved. Um, then you look at, you know, one of Messi's old teammates, Neymar. You know, so there, there are there are only so many players, and and I think that's what makes it exciting. I think the fact that everybody's thinking to themselves, okay, Messi potentially coming over now looks like it's potentially going to happen. Who's going to be next? And I think that in itself just creates an incredible amount of of excitement in the league. If you're an MLS team, do you try to sign Ronaldo? Obviously, Sporting KC apparently got close, mm. but do you try to sign Ronaldo, or do you just let him play out his career somewhere else? I think if you've if you've got the ability, you know he, he's he what it wasn't long ago that he was at the club that I support, Manchester United, and the goals that he scored the season before he left were were incredible. And we all know for so long now it's been Messi, Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Messi. Who's the best? Who's the best out of these two? And I didn't like that. I just I just love the fact that the, that we were alive during the era of these two incredible world class players. But yeah, I think if if you're an MLS team and you you have these expectations of you know having success, then you know, he's he he would help bring success. I don't think there's any doubt about it.
Do you think Messi ever plays on the turf of Gillette Stadium? That's that's an interesting one because I have seen that I've seen that debated. Um, you know, as in terms of the turf and the see it's different. See in England, so we call it astroturf and we call it obviously real grass. So I don't know. That is that is a situation that I'm sure we'll find out soon enough. But hopefully, yeah, hopefully he does. Will Messi ever win an MLS Cup in his career? I think he could do. I think he could do. And it goes back to what we were saying previously, which is the league is competitive. Inter Miami, obviously, at the moment, things aren't going great for them. But but everybody knows that a team can be transformed in a short space of time. You have to look at Cincinnati. What Cincinnati are doing now for so long, you know, I think for for a few years, you know, when they first when they first came around, they were finishing bottom of the league. Now you look at them, clear at the top of the East. So, and that's without Messi. So you bring Messi in and, and other things that follow as well. And what what you have when you when you get a play like Messi, or when you play with a play like Messi, he brings the best out in everybody else. He, he brings players' percentages up so much because. Good players make players, other players, better around them. So, yeah, you it, it's impossible to say no because you know what this league is like. You know the ability that he has. All right, let's end with this one. We know that the World Cup is coming to the United States. Which one is more important to the growth of Major League Soccer? Is it Messi coming here or hosting in 2026? I think they both go hand in hand. I think they both go hand in hand. I think first and foremost, it was great when... You know, America was was chosen in 2026 to 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 be one of the hosts. I think that was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I think with the growth of the sport, it's huge. But I feel that football over here was going to keep growing before the World Cup. So that in itself was going to heighten MLS. But I think what you're doing, you're speeding up the growth now by potentially having someone like Messi playing in your league. So I think it's I think it's both. I think 2026 is going to be unbelievable. It's going to be such a big time for the country. It's going to be a big time for the national team because obviously there's so many young players that are going to be at their peak then. But also I think, like I say, you're speeding things up with the potential of Messi coming over and playing in, in MLS as well. So I think I think they're both going to have such a huge impact. Danny, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Tell us where we can find you on social media and what time and where we can find the game. Yeah, so Higginbotham05 on uh, on my social media. That's Twitter. And then Apple TV, we will be um, obviously live on there from 7.30. And it's a game I'm really looking forward to. Thank you so much. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.